So thank you, Gwen, for Very welcome today. Um, so first of all, I wanted to ask you, you this year um, for if you have gone for a, kind of down an opturistic route. There, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of um, big names um, involved. Pablo Moran and Terence Davis were two that you mentioned at the launch the other day. Um, what, what, what does it mean for the festival to have those names involved? Well, interestingly, with those two names, one I suppose is that you know Terence Davis was a god when I was doing my MA in film studies way back in uh, the early nineteen nineties. I mean, you know, a long day's closes, uh, long day closes was a huge film. The trilogy of films that he put together, he was considered with Peter Greenway one of the leading lights of British cinema, mm. and I think his kind of slightly sporadic career since then, when he struggled to get certain films off the ground, hasn't in any way diminished his appeal amongst the sort of cinephiles or the sort of film uh, community. And Pablo Lorraine at the other end is a, a Chilean filmmaker who I think has made about five films in about six years or something. And with Jackie in the cinemas now, you actually have him, you know, we're nearly, we're, we're nearly a film behind, if you like, with the Pablo Lorraine. But equally, he's got an incredibly distinctive style. So I think the interesting thing is, is that the film marks that point or recognises that there are key figures whose new work is important and that they have, through maybe dint of, of, of you know, sheer persistence, basically, have, have managed to find their, their sort of place in the firmament. So Terence Davis is always going to be an influential and important filmmaker in British cinema, um, but could hardly be, I think, more different than Ben, ben Wheatley. Um, you have Michael Winterbottom, who I'd also consider to be an auteur, but again, like a chameleon, changes every film. Um, and part of the joy, I think, of having a collection of very well-known names is watching that, is going expecting one thing and either you know, receiving it or watching somebody with a sort of flagrant disregard to auteur theory go off in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting about that is, is that um, I, I like the idea of a kind of hierarchy that you can actually see, um, as I said, the established figures and then you can watch some of the debutante filmmakers coming along and in some ways dealing with their legacy or rejecting it entirely. And I think, you know, somebody like Michael Winterbottom and the the way he embraced digital was really interesting, whereas you might look at somebody like Terence Davis, who's very firmly still using a lot of the same style, stylistic sort of, you know, techniques that he used in his very early, early cinema. So I suppose from my point of view, I like the fact that we kind of, we track what's happening that's new, but we also kind of compare it against what's happened before or the filmmakers who've established their career that we can again kind of support them. Yeah, and actors as well, am I right in saying yeah. that? Yeah. The, the, the Discovery Award? Yeah, talk yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Well, the, the Discovery Award was actually a kind of initiative that came from talking with the film board about what could the festival do, that each year we had increasing numbers of Irish films but a lot of the time, maybe sometimes there was no names really familiar to the public and that that was something that we could really help with, that we could find some mechanism. So you gather sometimes 10, 12 new Irish talents, emerging talents who are you know, making a significant impact either through short films uh, or, or, or documentaries or feature films and are really on the cusp. And, and by con- collecting them together that we can find a sort of joint way of saying watch out, this is the class of 2017. Um, and it's been great fun because we've watched a lot of people who've, who've been in that sort of programme move 
you know, from shorts to features, um, move from maybe a smaller part or an extra even yeah. into a more central, central role. Yeah. The other side of it is, is that we have lots of guests who come into the festival who are established names, um, actors, directors, cinematographers. And what's lovely for us is that the Discovery Gang are, are sort of mentored. They have informal meetings um, with, as I said, their kind of international peers. So it allows us to kind of collect a group of, 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 of Irish talent, I suppose, together and then sort of try and push it out into a kind of international frame. And also for things like, you know, um, festival directors who are coming to the festival or international press, they have a tag that they yeah. can kind of say, oh, they've been selected. I mean, it, it, it was always a worry for me that it would be a kind of marketing spin, but it actually had to have a depth to it. But I think it's actually, as I said, this is you know, about its fourth or fifth year, and, and it really does seem to be something that actually is gaining some traction. Yeah, um, and just in terms of Irish film then, yeah. how, what was that selection process like for you? A bit scary, if yeah, I'm honest, yeah. because last year um, we opened with Sing Street, which I think I said on the night was one of the most sort of perfect opening night films because people would dance out into the street. And mm -hmm. I think everyone acknowledges <laughs> that 2016 was a really special film. So the trouble with having a really great year is, is wondering and worrying what's going to happen next. And I think what was interesting for me was just to, sheer, to see the sheer number of films that were actually available for the festival and that you could actually see there were a number of feature films by established names like Alan Gilson and with Unless and Juanita Wilson's film and Tomato Red, Jim Sheridan's Secret Scripture and Ashling Walsh back with Maudie, John Butler back with Handsome Double. I mean when you're talking about even that group of films you're going wow that's kind of amazing they're already done and ready um, and then, as I said, you kind of slowly uh, start looking through submissions. We have two very, very strong films with the Real Art Programme this year, including Ken Wardrobe's new film. So you're kind of looking around, and the first Catalyst film is actually done with Lorcan Finnegan's um, Without Name. Um, and then there were a couple of submissions that came in, The Fourth Act and Notes on a Rave in Dublin, which are you know, very much nearly community or very specifically Dublin. And documentaries that that came into the festival, and we sort of went, "Wow, that's you know, that's amazing. That's something that we can really sort of champion um, within the festival." And then, very close to the deadline, Nails popped up, which is Dennis Bartok's film, which um, was made with fantastic films with um, John and Brendan. So it, it, suddenly, as I said, I was going, "Whoa, this is kind of amazing." Yeah. So. The thing is, is that you know you you always want to have an appropriate level of Irish film, a new Irish film, and you want to make sure that it's quality because you want to celebrate it in you know a Dublin festival. But then you suddenly find there's actually an awful lot of really really interesting work being made, and um, and an awful lot of really talented filmmakers who are are I I think kind of pushing themselves. So it, it I think. One of the things that's odd about the Irish program is it's so different. Yeah. You know, there's very few common themes, it seems uh -huh. to me. A couple of adaptations, but there's always a couple of adaptations, you yeah, know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's what I'm really intrigued about. That the, the only thing that nearly links them is the fact that they're Irish in some way. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and world cinema? World cinema? World cinema's been great. I mean, I've had a really good time this year. Um, one of the, the the films that I was really chasing was a film called Aquarius, which is a, a Brazilian film, which um, I, I was lucky enough to see in the summer and I've been waiting to see it included in the Oscar nominations. 
but it's from a director whose last film, Neighbouring Sounds, was one of my favourite films. And it's really, as I said, one of those films where you just don't want it to end. And I think one of the things that I, I sort of found this year was that we had some very long films. Um, but we've also, I think, found an awful lot of films that are, are, are incredibly moving. I mean, there seems to be a lot of films that have a huge sort of emotional resonance to them. Um, and Aquarius was absolutely one of those films. Um, the uh, the uh, Asuka Ferradi film, for instance, is another one that I mentioned. The Aki Kurosmaki, um, which is absolutely beautiful. And then the, the I suppose the, the thing that was kind of intriguing for me was Fatih Akin's new film Shtick. Um, he's a sort of Turkish German Turkish filmmaker um, who I think has slightly been off our radar for a while, and he's come back with something really really interesting. Um, Transfigurations, a really interesting American um, indie film. Two films that somebody um, recommended to me, which is My Entire High School Falls Into the Sea and uh, Donald Cried, which was really, uh, not last minute, but I kind of looked at the programme and went, wow, we've got Tana from the Southern Seas, we've got Alison McLean's new film from New Zealand, we've got Age of Shadows from Korea, we've got this wonderful kind of world perspective Where's American Indies gone? Do you know what I mean? There seems to be a gap. So, so Donald Pride and my entire high school, and then that seemed to be a sort of subgenre of kind of comedies or com- comedies of embarrassment. So, um, so as I said, world cinema normally clicks in first, and then the Irish happens. But this year it was the other way around. The Irish program was, as I said, kind of there, yeah. and then and then the very last minute edition of Emma Reynolds' film, The Farthest, which is a delight from yeah. start to finish. Um, there are lots of other things happening though mm. through, throughout mm. the festival. There are some special events and talks. I think Alexandra Byrne, Oscar winner, will be Yeah. You guys are, are, are Ada is presenting uh, Hugh O'Connor's portrait photography. Yes. Is that right? So there's lots of other things, you know, that the people can uh, that people can come along to. I mean, Alex is somebody I met actually on a jury at another film festival, and I just absolutely loved the diversity of, of her background, the way she talks about about her 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 work. So she started off with Kenneth Branagh and doing, you know, um, Hamlet and, and, and um, Henry V. So, you know, it was very definitely uh, sort of classical cinema in a sense. Um, and she, she worked through to win her Oscar for Elizabeth and now she's working kind of Marvel and a lot of the kind of Warner Brothers um, Jungle Book, for instance. So for me, it was fascinating to, to, to ask her to come. So she's going to do a very... Uh, I think very kind of like informal but very focused workshop with Consolata Boyle on on costume Um, and I think that's a really interesting initiative it's now done with Warner Brothers creative talent so it's about bringing people as I said to Dublin to talk about their work and Terence Davis is going to talk to Roddy Doyle and you mentioned Hugh O'Connor as I said when we knew there was going to be quite so much Irish talent we asked you to take photographs uh, of, of the Irish talent and we want to curate an exhibition which I hope kind of you know, can also bring a sense of what Dublin is to the festival because we, he'll be shooting in and around uh, Dublin. So you know, he's a fantastic friend of the festival. We've worked with him many times. Indeed, he pops up in Handsome Devil. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was something that we wanted to do. Ben Wheatley's back to do a masterclass. Um, he's a, a kind of, I, I think, long-standing sort of supporter of the festival. He was here with Sightseers and High Rise last year. So... You have that sometimes that, that that relationship where somebody comes for the first time and then they come back again, yeah, yeah. or then you have uh, other people who, who as I said, you, you're kind of encouraging to come for the first time. So, but the other thing is is also the Mindhorn um, film. 
you know, gay, which is a comes from the the mad and manic minds of the mighty Bush. Uh, you know, gave us an opportunity to tie in some of the Irish comedy writers and to put a panel together about that. And a film like Love Witch, which is this bizarre film about um, witches uh, on the coast of California, uh, gave us the idea of, of what is a cult film and, and is there a possibility of using the festival to get you know, as the general public in and discussing how these terms that we use all the time, but what are they exactly? So it's not just industry and screen test and BAI workshops or for, for people who are working in the industry. It's also trying to move out into fringes where people can, can come in or dip their toe yeah. and then you know run away terrified or hopefully stay for more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, Mind Torn there again. Yes. Um, if you had to pick three, <laughs> if you had to pick, if a, I had a, to, and, and notes on a rave, I heard you mention notes on a rave as well at your presentation yeah. the other day, um, and that just sounds phenomenal. But if you had to, if you <gasps> had to, say, I'm, I'm going to get hit for this. Well, I mean, I have there. There are clues dropped in through what we've just been talking about. Um, I mean, I will tell you very quickly. It's a short story. I did go to see the farthest at 9.30 in the morning and on my own. And at the end, I stood up and gave it a standing ovation in an empty <laughs> cinema. I don't do that a lot. So I, I'd say for, for people who, as I said, it's about the Voyager um, space program. So I have absolutely no interest in that. But I do now. And it's all down to this film. So that would be one. Um, uh, Aquarius is sort of fantastic uh it's a brazilian film about a music critic who is being forced to leave her apartment and again i found it just heartrending. i found it beautiful the music is spectacular and sonia braga should be winning every best actress award known now let me think of another one that will actually kind of maybe contrast with number them three. number three and everybody waits with patient <laughs> breath I know, I know. Um, I Am Not Your Negro is uh, Raoul Peck's documentary. It's based on the, the writings of James Baldwin and it is narrated by Samuel L. Jackson and it is just a riveting, riveting documentary. I mean, it's powerful, it's eloquent, it speaks so presciently about the 1960s and yet seems now to be speaking with, you know, a, 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 I don't know, I mean, a, an ability to just cut through an awful lot of what we seem to hear yeah. on the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. And a powerful, incisive documentary that will really change the way you actually think about, you know, America, about race relations, about what's possible, about the power of speech and about the importance of having people who communicate. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic documentary. You've got to get a documentary. Somewhere. I got two documentaries in there. I got the farthest is also a documentary. I know, I know it comes up every so often, my, 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 my love of documentaries. But I, I just find that the, the sort of range of subjects, you know, and the way in which people can actually capture. Um, as I said, Ken's film is very much like that. It's, it's, it's really interesting. The David Lynch documentary film, for instance, it's all about David Lynch as a, as a, as a painter. But of course, as you're watching it, the portrait of the man, the portrait of the filmmaker comes out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very intimate, very small, very low-key, doesn't clutter it up with endless flashbacks to his films. It's literally just a man talking about his painting. And I, you can come away thinking, 
wow, why would I ever watch those Sky Arts documentaries with everything jam-packed of clips and talking heads and yeah, yeah, reference yeah. points? I really got to know this person as an artist. So, you know, I, I, just, I, I still you know, do love documentary as being, you know, possibly has the greater capacity to surprise yeah. um, than, than, feature, um, than feature films. But, you know, having said that, there's an awful lot of films like Maudie, um, like Secret Scripture, that make you cry. I mean, really cry. And, yeah. and I think one of the things that's going to be interesting about this year is just to see how many people <laughs> go, really, Gloria? I've been crying for the last 10 minutes. And I'll go, I don't care. It's brilliant. And will they le- yeah, learn to love crying again, I think, you know? And to be that moved. Well, I think that's important. I mean, I, I you know, I, one of the comments that, you know, I, I know a lot of the season ticket holders and they come along to, to the different screenings and they're great about telling you about what they thought of the programme as a whole because they see about 40 or 50 of them. Is, is that, you know, element of, oh God, they're all so depressing and oh God, it's all about poverty and, and fear and, and the length it becomes the most important thing. Um, and I go, well, look, if there were more life-affirming comedies, I would put them in. Mm. But the other side of that is also films that really, as I said, connect with you emotionally. And I yeah. think that there is a dreadful sort of tendency towards a kind of cerebral, look at me, I'm so clever as a filmmaker aspect to, to, to sort of contemporary cinema, that some of these films literally just zone in on you as an audience member and your emotions. They create real characters they give you a sense of urgency and then they hit you really hard with some aspect of the story and there's nothing that you you actually literally can't breathe and then suddenly there's this release through through tears through through um whatever it is whether it's you know the the love story or 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 the death or the tragedy or something yes. um and i've seen it i mean it, it happened in the screening that i went to of, of Modi. you know it's just a huge Sir gasping gulps of sobs as something happens and, and people afterwards saying that was amazing yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. it's nearly a form of catharsis you know? <laughs> <laughs> which is which is kind of interesting but um and also it's so horrible at, out at the moment you know yeah. with the stories and the you know the politics and everything that uh, i think it's quite nice to kind of find some even if it is a slightly artificial way to, to sort of connect yeah. with other people mm-hmm. well we are here Mm-hmm. At, on Ormond Key, yes, above the box office where anybody <laughs> can come and get their tickets. To yes, the yes, yes. Can go online and do all of that kind of thing as well. So the festival runs from the 16th to the 26th. It runs from the 16th to the 26th. <clears throat> we have a couple of other screenings, um, which I should mention, which is Fantastic Flicks, which is our our young people's program, which includes everything from Red Turtle and My Life's a Courgette and Lego Batman. Uh, which of course I'm not allowed, um, not, not, I'm not allowed for a guest to include. <laughs> yeah. They're slightly b- before the 16th, um, but opening night is the 16th. Um, but all the tickets for both the Young People's Programme and for the main festival are all online on diff.ie. Fantastic. Gorni, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay.